views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, welcome. It is so great to be connecting with all of you. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. Uh, We've got a great, great show for all of you today. Uh, Shout out to Mr. Benny. Shout out to WBLQ. Uh, We want to thank everybody for tuning us in. And as a matter of fact, thank you guys for all your emails that you send us, telling us what you want to hear more about, Uh, just saying hi, you know, just like, hey, And I love that. I mean, I'm into a great dialogue with uh, somebody from Australia now about a show we did a couple of weeks ago. And it's uh, it's just so fun to be talking with all of you. And, you know, thanks to Benny, we will always be remembered in that interview of the soundtrack from A Few Good Men. Uh, You can't handle the truth. And so here we are today. Is this a question? Is this really it? Can we handle the truth? Well, I've got somebody to talk about that and a whole lot more. Joining me here today, Kimberly Braun. And I want to just say, uh, love calls. Insights of a former Carmelite nun. Yeah, this is what I'm so going to love chatting with her about. And for many of you, uh, you probably have heard of who she is and what she does. But have you heard about what happens when love calls? And do you do, do any of us do any of us even know what that means? Now, I don't know if Kimberly is going to do this with us today, but in this incredible book, uh, what I love about it, and this is not something that I actually do very well, uh, there are some beautiful poems in here, some really, 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 uh, yeah, what I like to call gut-wrenching, heart-opening, <laughs> heart-opening verses about inspiration, insight, and love. And so today, we get to talk with her about the journey, the destination, and the discovery because she has done that so amazingly well, so beautiful. Uh, You know, what is it we can say? She and I have something really interesting in common. How do we discover things at the age of five? What is it about that age of five, five going to sit? What what is it that happens at five? We're going to hear from her, and we're going to hear what that actually means. Where was she at age five? What was she doing? How did that life experience actually help her understand what the spiritual journey then gets to look like as we move forward in life? 
And how is it that her experience, perhaps, yeah, in a monastery, how is that experience? How did that help shape who she is, understand a, a, a closer connection to spirit, and open the doors for her now to be somebody that speaks out in the world? Look, here's our mission. This is what I love about what she and I get to do. Inspire others to live from their own, yes, found within. That is it. Many of you have heard me say that my biggest job today is in the power of saying yes. That's what I've had to learn how to do. And what happens when I waver? What happens when I say, you know, God, spirit, whatever you believe in, I I absolutely I'm all in, 100%. But if you don't mind, I'm just going to cross my fingers right here. What kind of message is that? Kimberly, welcome to the show. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. Oh, thank you for having me, and thank you for such a wonderful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start out in a a really weird place, if you don't mind. Um, No, no. Okay. All right. So I heard this phrase the other day, and I want to talk about this because this is also part of what you talk about and, and what it means to stand in the yes within. Someone said to me, and, and, and I'm probably going to paraphrase, but said to me something like, you know, true faith is when we can believe without crossing our fingers. And, and I just I had to think about that for a moment. And I thought about, well, Pat, how many times do you say you believe, but then you always have that finger-crossing thing that goes on? And I'm not saying physically I do cross my fingers, but do you know what I'm saying metaphorically? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I think that's right on. It's like an external movement or a desired internal state. (laughs) Yes, and I... I, I agree with you. I, I find that word yes is very powerful as somewhat metaphor as well. Um, we talk about being in the flow, and the flow is actually our flow. And when we are in the flow of our own lives, we're a living yes, because our life, just the very fact that we're alive, is a yes. It is a I'm here. It is a I'm meant to express. There's a there's a yes quality to it. And when we live in that flow on all the levels that we are, then we find that we step into the place of incredible possibility, magic, peace, creativity. Uh, and we, we dance in and out of that yes, uh, but we can grow to live from it more consistently. Mm. I want to ask you this question, and I know there are different places within the book that you talk about this. And, and if, if not directly, you, you absolutely cover it in some of the beautiful poetry in here. Um, and that is some of the challenges that we have show up in our lives. And let's talk about what the challenges are. Let's just keep it really with the yes. The challenges to our, the yes within. What have you discovered in your own life? Um, what has come to the forefront for, for you in terms of the challenges that you face to the yes within? Sure. Well, it's a it's an overused uh, word, but fundamentally, I think it's always fear. Mm. Fear of loss, fear of what I name is my personal security, which is going to be different than yours. Fear of having to go without happiness. Uh, so on some level, there's a fear involved, 
And I've always found that if there is fear, then we're not in reality. And our reality is fearless. So on a very practical level, like I, I had uh, the very typical fears like, uh, what's my life about? How do mm. I navigate my life? Uh, what is death? <laughs> How can I be happy in a way that's not dependent on what happens in my life? How can I be happy just because? Those sorts of things have always played in as, um, yes, challenges, but seen for what they were as opportunities to learn something about where I can find true happiness or meaning. And so challenges for me are like guideposts to something deeper. Wow. You know, and I want to just talk with you a little bit about this, what you said, because, you know, we believe with every cell in our body, let's talk about this because I love this. We believe that our fear is is not a perception it is so a reality and and we will argue for our limitations around the box of fear that we're in at any given moment and i love what you talked about you know fear of being alive fear of being dead fear of being alone fear of being with people right you know fear of having a job fear of not having a job right fear of being in a relationship ah fear of being alone the rest of my life and it, fear is, um, I grew up in, uh, in, on the East Coast, right, in New York and New Jersey. You know, I have described fear in my own journey as being, sitting in New Jersey on a hot summer day without any mosquito spray. <laughs> right? Do you have right. an image of that? Sitting there in the humidity of New Jersey. I love New Jersey. But sitting there in a hot summer day in the humidity of New Jersey, without any way to just fen off the mosquitoes. Um, so I <laughs> wanted you, you to powerless. talk about this. I mean, isn't that like an image to have? I mean, you know what it's like. You don't mm-hmm. even know that a mosquito is like on you until you're already bit. That is how fear has been for me. How has it been for you? Yes, I would say that when I've experienced fear, uh, it makes me want to make decisions to back away from whatever... Um, it presents itself. So I would be more like kind of back into my cave. (laughs) (laughs) That would be my natural response under this idea that I'm going to protect myself. And I had an awesome, this is spoken to much in a much more eloquent way in the book, but I had an awesome experience when I was in junior high school of uh, visiting my great grandparents. I knew many of them, my great grandparents in nursing homes. And I had a, fearful experience when I went to visit one with my family because he was always so vibrant Mm. and uh, active in his life and he had lost all mobility except for the light in his eyes and long story short the nursing home I wasn't that impressed as well with its layout and the fluorescent lights and the lack of sensible beauty but when I was there I was so afraid of what him laying in the bed meant to me that I had to leave. I mm-hmm. just couldn't stay. I was very scared. And, and I went out and I sat down. And fortunately for me is as I was sitting down and I was feeling all the fear. So I was the fear, which I think that's what we do as human beings. We become the fear. I was the fear. I realized, oh, 
if I'm afraid, I'm not in reality. So there must be something that I don't understand that's beyond me, that's mystery. And if I get there, I won't be afraid. And then what I did in the face of it was my first job was working at a nursing home. Yeah, and I read that. So I, I read threw this. threw myself, yeah, right in the heart of it. And when I did that, then true, the fear dissolved away in the face of the incredible beauty of these human beings. Then I got into reality. So uh, fear definitely, feel it in my body, in my mind, in my heart. But I've always found if I just jump right into the center of it, I come to the eye that can see things for what they are. Mm. I love this. And by the way, for those of you just tuning in, Kimberly Braun joining me here today, Love Calls is the book. And, you know, when you talk about this in the chapter, I actually put a sticky note here. And this is what this is what Kimberly said. Fear does not show reality. Fear such as this is a veil, period. And then she goes on to say in the book, you go on to say in the book, um, the dark night lasted three days, uh, three years three long years then light broke when we come back we're going to talk about what happens when light does break through what is it we learn about the grace and the gratitude of that and what then is our next step what is that next yes what is that next game plan how is it some people get to live in their yes regardless of how much money is in the bank account how many people are on their doorstep, how many divorces they've gone through, how many, how many, how many. What is it that we can learn from Love Call? Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. I ain't too sure what I believe in, but I believe in what I see. And when I close my eyes, I see my whole life ahead of me. These are all. Are you feeling broken from your relationships? Are you second-guessing yourself about friends, family, and lovers? Tune in to the hit show that's creating a buzz in the love-seeking community. Love Seeker Radio, finding love for your authentic self with renowned love coach Heather Lynn. Tired of dissatisfying relationships? Kiss them goodbye and power up your love-seeker energy. Coach Heather Lynn reminds you that you can just be you, the beautiful and perfect you. Visit heatherlynncoaching.com to learn more. Encapsulations is committed to producing the most complete line of research-based nutritional supplements from fish oil to probiotics to multivitamins and more. Available through qualified health professionals and community pharmacists, finished products are pure and hypoallergenic to optimize the long-term health of all patients, even the most sensitive. With Pure Encapsulations, you can rest assured that you're getting the purest and highest quality nutritional supplements available. Ask a qualified healthcare practitioner about Pure Encapsulations today and discover why it's the supplement brand of choice for healthcare professionals worldwide. For more information, please visit www.pureencapsulations.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Enlightening, humorous, and compassionate. 
Listen live to The Kelly Ballard Show, insight and inspiration from the great beyond. Kelly is a fourth-generation medium and intuitive who covers topics ranging from grief, spirit guides, and listening to your intuition. Kelly can help you get answers and guidance from the other side with a little bit of humor and a lot of healing. Tune in to The Kelly Ballard Show, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is so great. It's so great to be doing this show for a lot of reasons. But one of the things that I really take joy in and so appreciate is getting to talk with people like Kimberly Braun and getting to read a book uh, when love, you know, the book is called Love Calls. But what does that mean? What are these insights of a former Carmelite nun? And, And why is that for all of us here? What, why is Kimberly's journey so seriously important in the time and the era that we live in today? Uh, you know, Kimberly, thank you so much for being here today. And, you know, and, and I had to ask the question about challenges because, you know, who doesn't want to stand in, your, in their yes? Who doesn't want to know that the life that is in front of us is a life that is so vibrationally high that if we did stand in the yes, if we did stand in the places you talk about in the book, it too could be ours. But you have to go on a journey to figure it out. So I want to know, how do we get from being a former Carmelite nun to writing a book about love calls? What, how big was your yes? Uh, you know, it's always a yes in steps. I know we like the dramatic, and I think <laughs> it's very true that the whole Carmelite nun piece is incredibly dramatic. Yep. Because similar to what you were sharing, uh, many women, because of passion and spirituality and love, you know, embody and think of that nun as kind of this icon or this symbol of this mystical relationship with something transcendent. And I think that's true, whether we're a nun or not, but the nun seems to kind of stand as this icon of the lover and the beloved, and um, it's also the, could be the good girl, too. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> there could be lots of archetypal things in there. Um, and so I think that that image is really powerful, and not so much because I was a nun, but because I was so in love and on fire with love, I had to be a nun. And as a nun, I understand what's deep within us, what we long for that's going to make us happy and continue to move into that. My yeses have been very small. They've been very organic. They have been uh, like a step and then a step and then a step. And just answering as the love arises naturally from um, inside of me. When I was went through the dark period in my late teens, I was very confused because I was very passionate. And in the Western culture, we have a high degree of um, prudishness yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And, and so passion is held suspect when it comes to spirituality. And I was really wrestling with that, and that launched me into a period of, of turmoil because I didn't know how to reconcile it then 
experience, some, some light broke through my being, and I experienced that it's all one, that to be fully human was to be fully alive and was fully spiritual, that there weren't any contradictions with that. So with that breakthrough, I was at ease with who I am as a human being. And uh, so the, the yes then to follow on that just came forward very naturally. And even upon leaving, I never looked back. I loved my solemn vows. I loved being a Carmelite. However, over time, I continued to grow and shift and change. My inner landscape changed because that's what we do as human beings. We change. And I went with all of those changes. And there came a point, again, little yeses to my inner journey. There came a point that the container that for me was my religious order no longer fit me. My spirituality had come, moved in, in ways that the container had worked for a very long time and no longer was the one that could hold me, I hate to say in a gentle way. And I think that's the same for all of us. We can give a big yes to something. And we always hope those bigger yeses are going to be for a lifetime. And some are, but some aren't. And as we're faithful inside to growing in authenticity, to growing our gifts, to be flexible to circumstances and people, as we're faithful to that, sometimes we find we grow in ways that no longer fit where we are, and to have the courage to let go is just yeah. as powerful a yes as to have the courage to stay. I have to ask you this because I love what you're talking about because it is really the dilemma of the modern era of spirituality that we live in now. And, and let me just say what I mean by that and ask you to talk about it a little bit. You know, when when things were written down thousands and thousands of years ago, you know, they were written down and, and represented for many, many cultures. I'm not just talking about one particular spiritual practice or religion, but things were written down to become, to mean certain things. I mean, and, and as people, we evolve, our consciousness evolves. And I was always troubled by the idea, and maybe you can talk to this, that on the one hand, I'm being asked to fit in a particular box. On the other hand, as my relationship with spirit, with God, whatever I believe in grows, I'm being asked to grow beyond the box. And that is really a paradox, I think, of times we live in. Am I making any sense here? Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it's a paradox. Uh, and I, in my experience, and I've done the same, uh, we, we move into a structure that uh, life-giving. We make a choice that's life It could be a job, it could be a relationship, it could be a monastery. But all of them have a certain structure. Even choosing to live in a certain town has a certain cultural structure to it. Right. And we can lean into that as our form of security, the familiarity of it, the sense of empowerment we feel just by staying committed in rough times, uh, whatever it may be that gives us a sense of purpose or identity. And I think ultimately we get shaken by spirit over and over again that our real purpose and our real identity are, are always going to be independent of the structures that we're in. But we do need them because we are in time and space, which is a structured 
part of the reality. So it's got this funny, we, we need structure, it is helpful, and we want to dance lightly with structure because structure always falls short of the transcendent reality of what we are about as a human being. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm with you, and especially as Western, uh, very linear, driven in accomplishment, our culture uh, is not that graceful around that dance. <laughs> no. No, uh, I mean, you know, it's interesting that we're living in a place now where one size fits all is not really quite cutting it now. It's just not cutting it. And, you know, and the levels of spirituality and acceptance in the world, that's actually where I think we're starting to see things. You talk about this in the book as well. Um, But the idea of love calls and the idea that this is first of a trilogy, right, touching the yes to life within us all is, first of all, I love the whole three thing. I mean, I don't know what it is about trilogies around threes. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, in our pop culture, instead of having a trilogy and just literally doing three movies about it, no, we got to take the third part and split it in half. And and, and why are we doing that? Because we we think about it. You know, couldn't we just do the Twilight stuff in three no. But why are we doing that? Why do we want to split the story? We're going to take a short break when we come back. And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit, you know, about what it is about Love Calls that helps us not splitting the story of unlimited possibilities. What is it that Kimberly is writing about and calling us forth and inviting us to that brings us closer to you know, the spirit within, the spirit on the out, and the spirit we can come to know. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. I'm going to give you lots of information to let you know how to find out more about Kimberly, how to get a copy of the book, and everything else that's going on. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Stars lean down to kiss you, and I lie awake and miss you. Pour me a heavy dose of atmosphere. Cause I'll doze off safe and soundly, but I'll miss your arms around me. Artie Hoffman is the hottest psychic with the warmest heart and the host of the hit show Angels and Answers. A renowned psychic, medium, spiritual life coach, and an entertaining motivational speaker, Artie has helped over 15,000 people with his amazing intuitive gifts, his passion, and his humor. Call 877-ANGEL-02 to schedule a personal reading or to have your own psychic Artie party. That's 877-ANGEL-02. And visit ArtieHoffman.com and Angels and Answers on Facebook. Tune in to Sheer Alchemy with Leslie Fontaine on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to stir up your passions, identify your blocks, and shift into an entirely new existence. Leslie Fontaine is a transformation catalyst and clairvoyant who uses her intuitive and energetic gifts to catapult listeners into living the life they were born to live. Whether it's shifting from scarcity to abundance, from emotional pain into joy, or from illness into to health, Leslie will help you step into the true essence and power of all that you are with the help of the Ascended Masters and Archangels. You will not be the same. Visit TransformationTalkRadio.com for show dates and times and LeslieFontaine.com to say yes to explosive abundance. 
This is Peggy Snow, practitioner at Stellar Reflections, with a Stellar Reflections Minute. So many people these days are trying to find ways to relieve their stress. What happens to our breathing when we're feeling overwhelmed and stress? When we tune in, we realize that we're either holding our breath or taking very shallow breath. To signal the body that all is well, which most of the time it is, sometimes all that is needed is a nice, deep breath to break the cycle. First, exhale to get all the stale air out by engaging the abdominal muscles and blowing gently. Next, take a nice, full breath in, feeling it fill your body all the way down to your hips. Release fully and enjoy the freedom of movement. Notice how your body feels. Do you feel refreshed? Calmness is only a breath away. This has been a Stellar Reflections Minute. For more information about what we offer at Stellar Reflections, visit us at StellarReflections.com or call 425-999-9836. That's 425-999-9836. Do you want the freedom to spend more time with your loved ones? Travel the world? Live spontaneously? Get ready, because the Chip Justice Show is here. Hosts Dr. Pat Vasily and Chip Justice can help you build meaningful success while embracing life. Living a life you love is the end game in this new, inspirational, and empowering show. Positive changes for a life you'll love. Tune in every month on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit PositiveChangeInstitute.co for more information. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Kimberly Braun joining me here today. Ooh, ooh, we got some things that I wanted to share with all of you. Uh, Before we kind of go, you know, into a very deep conversation where, Benny, I'm probably going to skip the whole next break, is I want to make sure, Kimberly, that you let folks know that you are going to be in the Pacific Northwest and that we can let folks know where you're going to be. I know you're on the book tour uh, it, you know the website. Let's give out your website because honestly, you got a you've got a ton of things out there. And for those of you that are on the in Connecticut, in Rhode Island, and you're listening, yeah, um, yeah, this is right. She's she's like Kimberly's like going everywhere. Um, so mm. please tell folks the best way to find out about your trip and and let's just give us a little highlights. You're going to be in Port Townsend. I'm so excited. Yes. So my website is kimberlybrawn.com. And there we keep the book tour up to date. You can get all the details you need. Uh, as I've told many people, I will come anywhere you would like me to come for free if people can have the option to buy the book. The book is the ability to come and have these deep encounters and conversations. So I'm still open. I still have a few windows. But yes, I will be in Port Townsend on August 3rd. And August 7th, 8th, and 9th, I will be in Bellingham at Village Books, and then I'm presiding at Center for Spiritual Living in Bellingham. 14th, 15th, and 16th, I'll be in Ashland, Unitarian Universalist, Unity Church, and then just an open center called The Haven on Saturday. Um, August 23rd through 26th, I'll be in Portland. August, and then I'm shooting down to L.A. I'll be there September 19th and 20th. I'll be in San Diego before that. I will be in Seattle. I'm coming back up September 13th through 17th. I skipped that one. Then L.A. Then I'm one of the keynote speakers at a subtle energy medicine conference down in San Diego at the end of September. Then I leave the West and and head back uh, to Minneapolis and some other places. But check out the website. You can also buy the book. It links through to where you could buy the book. And 
It's available in print and in ebook style. And uh, let's connect. I'm on every social media channel there is out there. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's easy to start a friendship. <laughs> it is. It's kind of cool because we're going to be BFFs now. I know we are. I know we are. Um, one of the things that I hope we'll do later on um, is, I mean, I, I don't know if you have the book in front of you, but there there really are a, a, a couple of, of just beautiful, beautiful verses in here um, that I absolutely love. Uh, and I can tell you what they are. Um, but, but before we jump to that, I would like you to just chat for a little bit. There's so many things that we could talk about in the book, but they all really wrap themselves around what it means to show up on the outside with the yes on the inside leading the team. And and I wanted to know in your journey, what are some of the lessons you learned about that? Yes. So what I have always found is there is a, a movement within me that I call spirit, but it could be life force, source, it could be everyone has their own language, that is always calling me, always beckoning me on, always inspiring, truly inspiring. And so I've always found that if I can be open to that, that the yes is the hearing and allowing that to allow unconditional love and acceptance to come from within for my whole being and mm. subsequently the world. But it, if it starts at that center point, it's going to radiate out so that, that that reality is always happening within me. That underlines every yes. A yes is not a mental strategy. A yes is not a, a construct that's hard. The yes is that organic recognizing that I'm, I'm a lover, recognizing this love arising from within, feeling it, and responding, rather than initiating or responding. And in the response comes telltale fruit, peace, abiding joy, a sense of fulfillment or satisfaction, kind of going through your whole being, uh, a centeredness that lets you feel grounded wherever you are. Those, I think, are qualities of, of being in the yes. If I lack some of those qualities, then I, for me, I'm probably not quite hearing, uh, and I may want to sit with that a bit. Then the outflow of that, the fruit, is the action. The fruit is the greater compassion for the world. The, the fruit is envisioning a, a cause. The fruit is being present to the person in the supermarket that may need help. The fruit is, is just the action piece that comes I'm already being full and satisfied. And for me, that's taken very many different shapes. Uh, it continues to change. I was a Carmelite nun. Uh, watch my TED Talk. You can see the monastery that I built was simply the fruit of that yes. It wasn't because I was a great builder or I had a and handled it into place. It was because I was in a yes and it could happen. The fruit of getting a scholarship to get all my ministry training all the pieces that have fallen into place to work with people now. The fruit of being on this radio show right now is just my openness to that yes within. So sometimes they look like big steps, but very often they're little steps. 
you know, and I love that you actually shared that because, you know, for the most part, um, you know, we think, and not that that this doesn't happen, but we we hold out for the big one, right? We hold out for the big miracle. Uh, but I know you referred to Mother Teresa in the book, and you know, she, isn't she though a, an example of literally one foot in front of the other, consistently, frequently in her yes? So that now when we say Mother Teresa, everybody in the world pretty much knows it, right? But she didn't do this. She didn't take one step and then another to say, someday you're going to know me as Mother Teresa. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I mean, maybe she did, but I don't know about that. Right. I would highly doubt it. But <laughs> you, yes, you never know. Maybe a premonition came or... But it's true, and that faithfulness to that yes, which is when we were talking on break, sometimes involves a no or a letting go or a washing. But that's not the main part. The main part is the yes, and the no's are for the yes, in service of the yes, and then ultimately benefit everybody. I was on your website, and I was struck by a couple of things. Uh, One of the things that I was struck by was, you know, I was looking at sort of the circle of things. What does that even mean? I forget which page I was on where I, I was just looking at a couple of different things. And, you know, just the whole idea of having people together, of having community, of bringing people together, right? Um, And... And here you are, you're going city to city to city and and gathering and bringing people together. I want to ask you about this because, again, we're talking about a paradox. You know, we're talking about this bringing our, our yes forward, which is, you said it, I think, earlier. It's very personal and, it, it, you know, and it's different for each person, right? Uh, but yet there is, again this energy of collaboration and cooperation. How do you reconcile those two things? Uh, I think by nature we're relational. Mm. By nature we're connected. And there are different ways we connect. Sometimes we connect in healthy ways, sometimes unhealthy ways, uh, seeking healthiness, but misguided. And that's already part of what it means to be a human being, to be in relationship. Mm. It's the natural place that we can encounter ourselves and that we can lift each other up. So I try, uh, one of my, I guess, unspoken practices is to allow each moment to be my teacher, to allow each a tree, uh, a person, a phrase, a circumstance, to hold the role of being a teacher to me, which in one way makes me independent of them because I'm not looking to them for something else, and another way connects me to them in a, in a more divine place because they have something to share with me. So this whole being out and gathering people in collaboration 
I always knew the time would come because having lived in silence for so long and experiencing uh, the levels of communication that are there without words, we're meant to have space to connect with the mystical parts of ourselves. And I want to be a place for people to encounter that. Uh, you know, put my words are part of it, but they're not the focal point. But the focal point is that each person present would experience that part of themselves where there is inspiration or spirit within. Uh, so, so the collaboration is you know, semi-solitary as we gather. <laughs> wow. I am struck by how many situations in the book, well, of course, the book is Love Calls, but I'm really struck by how many situations, how many beautiful stories you share with us uh, where love has shown up. And uh, and and so I remember one line, and uh, boy, I'm now I'm trying to remember where I read it, but I think it had something to do, I think it had something to do with preparation for a ceremony. Uh, uh and you talk there's this phrase that you use time of love undoing all I wrote that down you use this phrase time of love undoing all and that like became embedded in my brain and in my heart and I'm trying to I think the circumstance was you know in the ritual and the ceremony um, with I want to say Mother Anna but the point is you use that term love undoing all and that stayed so with me that the words that you have in here can't really describe it but your stories do and I wanted you to just talk a little bit about that if we could because when I was reading some of the poems in here some of the verses you have in here it really is that love undoing all can you talk about that did I get that phrase right Um, yes I believe so I would have to look back to see but you've got the essence of it, and it actually, okay. when you're saying it, I well up. I mean, I have tears in my eyes because I can't imagine a greater fulfillment than to feel so filled and encompassed in love that you're you're undone. You're there's a messiness to it. There's a completeness. It's like, honestly, if if you look at it just from a, a sex standpoint, it's a after the climax, you know, it's the climax and after, and there's a kind of a rawness that doesn't really care about anything else. You could care less about stuff that maybe was on your mind before. <laughs> and, and find yourself wholly renewed in the experience itself. And I think we're meant to have that kind of raw, vulnerable, you know, in Miguel Ruiz's, it's like the, the warrior. Uh, there's there's so many archetypal words that can speak to that undoing all. And I find it's a repetitive birthing because I'm even unaware of pieces within me that still limit me. And oh my as gosh. they come to the surface, love can undo that. And there's just kind of a that happens when that limitation comes to the surface and love can undo it, love can dissolve it, and then its relevance is just it's wiped away. Mm. I was, 
I was so struck by um, the chapter, A Bride of God. I was so struck by this chapter that, oh, now I'm going to start to cry. Well, there we go. We're just going to have a big old cry fest right here on the show. Um, And I was really struck by this. As a matter of fact, I had to go back and read it over a couple of like two or three times. And, you know, and and this is the part that um, this is where it came from, that phrase. Love undoing all is the part of the book that it came from. But I can understand why, you know, this would have us fill up. Um, and and to do so in a way that may not make sense to people, you know, a friend of mine said to me, Kimberly, and I and I would like to ask you about it. A friend of mine said something really interesting to me about it. They said, Pat, are you really going to write that book that way? And and I and and then I went to you know, like you talk about the yes. Then I went to the maybe. Now, okay. So I didn't say, oh, I don't know like that, but I could I could feel the difference between yes and maybe. Does that make sense to you? Mm-hmm. Don't these yeah. ener- don't these have certain energies? You know, I don't think maybe comes from God's spirit or whatever, you know, higher power, whatever you want to call it. I don't know that that higher power lives in a maybe. What's your thought on that? I agree with you. I think that the fullness of it uh, is, total yes. I mm. do agree with you. The maybe, when I have unpacked maybes within myself and other people, yeah. the maybe always is playing in some form of doubt. Oh. That is my doom. Doubt is my doom. Isn't that interesting that I know that? And doubt comes about, I, I'm finding, I found with myself and others, doubt seems to come about under the guise of being practical or uh, reasonable or uh, cautious uh, or wary or, uh, you know, circumspect. Doubt has so many different faces. You know, but who does just as doubt? Then we'd know it. And then we, would, we wouldn't succumb. But it comes in all these other guises that, that, that can kind of hook us in for a little bit. Oh, my gosh, that's true. I should be really cautious about that. But it's really just doubt. <laughs> it's really interesting. One of the chapters in the book is called The Fifty Shades of Doubt. Now, you know, why would I name something like that? Because for me, if it were so black and white, right, if th- things were so black and white in my life, I, you know, I'm pretty astute. Uh, it's, it's it, right? I mean, he- here, here's me. And this is not how I live my life. This, I was told by a friend that this is actually the four planets in Capricorn, not the four in Sagittarius, okay? So I'm just going to put that out there for you. If you're me, you've got four in Sag, four in Capricorn, and they take up most of the chart up at the top right. So here's the deal. You know, I'm the kind of person that says lasagna is not lasagna unless you put sausage in it. Okay? That's just I'm Italian. That's like the way I grew up. Um, (laughs) And and there's that part of me. But then there's the other part of me that says, oh, and by the way, it can be any one of the 150 types of sausage on the planet. And, and so doubt to me is kind of like that. 
it's it's I'm always I'm not on the where I don't look for it but now I have this radar that can tell when it shows up I want to ask you what you've learned to do about that because I think that I'm not alone here you know not that any of our listeners these are the best listeners on the planet I just want to say right up front there but maybe it's just me maybe I'm the one that even to this day allows that doubt to enter the spiritual energy in my life and I want to know what you do with what you have learned about that Kimberly what do you do with it so if I take an inner disposition like that doubt if I take it in the same way that I my goal is to allow everything in my day outside of me to be my teacher I can also allow what's inside me to be my teacher too Mm. So instead of identifying with that, like putting my emotional energy into considering it real, I could stand, I, I try to stand separate from the doubt and say to the doubt, what do you have to teach me? Mm. What are you about? Where is this coming from? And, and I ask the doubt, almost like the doubt's a little person. I, I, I'm, I'm not Catholic anymore, and but there's but I love the mysticism of all the different traditions. And I can't remember Pine Seats or High Places. It's an old Christian book. And in it, this woman has to get from one place to another, and it's symbolic of the spiritual journey. And all along her way, people join her, but they are the embodiment of things. Hate, fear, doubt, joy, peace. I can't quite remember it, but I was so charmed by that book because it personified things in such a way that she could see it didn't have to be her. She didn't have to go and follow doubt down the winding path into the briar marsh. (laughs) 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 That's on a practical level. That's what I like to do is like turn it on its head and don't make teach. Yeah, we there's a saying here in the Pacific Northwest. I I didn't grow up here, but there is a saying, and Jessica is probably going to ping me if I get this wrong, is that you know there's a question: How deeply will you go into the blackberry bush to get that in the to get that last blackberry? And and it's and I think it's a black because if you look at these blackberry vines that grow, oh my gosh, they are like uh, you have to wear armor literally not to just get totally eaten up scratched up you know and and but the question is have you ever been out there picking them and have we you know and i watch myself one day how far will i go in right what am i willing to risk to get that big fat one that's sitting right in there tucked away beautifully plump and ripe and I caught myself one day with that. And I thought, Pat, do you actually live your life like that? You know, what, what am I willing to go to? What lengths am I willing to go to to truly live the life, you know, of service? And isn't that, isn't that one of the burning questions of our time? Yes. Yeah. Great, and great questions. And ones that we are really, I love to see humanity wrestling with these things and wrestling in new ways. Uh, it's important to wrestle. Part of our dark night comes yeah. because we're wrestling with something. Right. Something that we held valuable, even if it was a belief, is no longer having the inspiration that it did have, and we have to wrestle with that. <laughs> 
and then if I read your book, right? So I'm going to go out on a limb here. And then if I read your book, maybe what I learn is, oh, you don't have to go in after that. You can just let that be. And, you know, it is really, I mean, isn't that interesting? You know, it is getting to the place where it becomes less about the me, right? And more about the we, isn't it? There is a, those, I think those words, even the me and the we, as we, we become um, healthy human beings, they, they're less defined too. I mean, obviously I'm me and not you, <laughs> but <laughs> in one sense, but, but that sense of separation uh, that protects us doesn't need to be there. And uh, I, I find that the, the we automatically honors the me. Uh, I'm not a believer that it's better to give than to receive, because mm-hmm. we have to receive first in order to give. And so the yeah. we comes from people who are fulfilled and living their yes, entering the dance, and, uh, and each are honored in the dance, each are an important part. There is no one lesser than somebody else. I love it. Thank you so much for a fabulous, fabulous show. Um, It is really, um, you know, amazing to be able to connect with you. Please give out your website again, if you could. Yes, KimberlyBraun.com. You can get a hold of me that way. We can link on social media. You can buy the book. You can come to where the book tour is. Uh, And I would love to become friends with anyone that's interested in becoming friends with me. Wow, what a great, great show. One last question. What's your personal what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Allow the fullness of your life to arise within and express itself in our world today. Just today with confidence and joy. Oh, I love it. And for those of you out there, Love Calls uh, is the name of the book. Kimberly Braun joining me here today if you missed any part of this we will definitely have uh, the archive up either later on today or first thing in the morning i want to thank all of you for tuning us in turning us on uh, go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com and we'll see you next time on the show <music> 